Welcome to the Cross Loganville's podcast channel. Thanks for joining us as we continue our series on Ephesians. If you've got your journals, Bibles, whatever you're using, Bible app, I would invite you to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. And I'm going to start in verse 14 today. Uh, Paul, in writing this letter to the believers in Ephesus, he reaches a pivotal point where he pauses and he begins to pray for and over these believers. And if you've missed any of our sermons, I would highly encourage you to go back and grab those, their own line. But even as Paul wrapped up like the segment before, he made this statement. Paul said, I do not want you to be discouraged about my sufferings. A lot of times what I've noticed is people want to throw the towel in when they go through adversity suffering, and setback. For a lot of people, instead of their faith being strengthened, they get exposed and they become weaker, okay? So even Paul, when he says this, I don't want you to be discouraged about all the suffering that I've been through. Uh, That word suffering means I don't want you to lose heart. I don't want you to give up. I I, I don't want you to stop. And uh, so many things in life will try to discourage us. So many things in life will try to dishearten you, if you will. So many things in life will, will, will get you to the place of being tempted where you just want to quit and stop. And, and reality is, maybe today you walked in here and you're dealing with tough circumstances. And you're like, man, I just want to quit. I've, I've had enough of it. Uh, maybe you're today dealing with physical exhaustion. Maybe the, the, the pace of things over the last days and weeks is war you thin. Maybe you're dealing with personal failure where you've jacked something up and you know it and you're like, I I just don't know if I'm going to make it or marriage is going to make it. There's a personal failure. Or or maybe there's unresolved conflicts and tension in relationship and you look at it going, man, I'm tired. I'm starting to lose heart. This is a prayer as we get into it. I encourage you, know this prayer. Pray this prayer over yourself. Pray it over your spouse. Pray it over your kids. Pray it over your family. I promise you right now, if there was ever a time in my journey here on the planet that we need God's power and God's strength and God's intervention, it's now. And so before you throw the towel in, before you quit, before you give up, just tap the brakes and go, all right, I'm going to press in to the Lord. Starting in verse 14, listen to what Paul says. He says, for this reason, I'll get to that. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. The very fact that you have a name, the very fact that you have breath, the very fact that you're even alive. He goes, man, I'm I'm just stopping right now. And, and, And again, I remember that the only reason I'm on the planet and even have a name is because God has allowed me to be here. It's not about me. I didn't stand in line for any of this. And he goes, I'm praying to the Father that according to the riches of his glory, that he may grant you, here it is, that he may grant you that you be strengthened with the power through the Holy Spirit, that you would be strengthened with God's presence and power through the Holy Spirit in your inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints 
What is the breadth and the length and height and depth? And that you would know, that you would know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. And that you would be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything we can ask or think according to the power that's working within us. He says, I I just want you to know to him be all glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and forever and ever. Amen. Again, remember, God has radically saved this dude, Saul the antagonist, turned him into Paul the apologist. I mean, this guy has gone from being a persecutor of the church to a proclamator now of the gospel of Jesus. And God raises him up and gives him the assignment to take the gospel to the Gentiles. Paul, I mean, when you go back and study his life and all the Judaism and all the training he had, and, and, and you would go, well, it would make sense that he would take the gospel to the Jews. God goes, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to use you to take the gospel to non-Jews. I'm going to use you to take the gospel to outsiders. I'm going to use you to take the gospel where the gospel has never been. And when you see that phrase right there, he says, don't miss this, for this reason, what, what, what reason? When you look at Ephesians 2 and you go through that all the way through those first 13 verses that we have here in chapter 3, for what reason? For this reason, Gentiles that were once dead now have access to God. Gentiles that had all these walls of hostility separating them between themselves and the holiness and the presence and the power of God. For this reason, you have access. For this reason, through the shed blood of Jesus, you can approach God. For this reason, oh, for this reason, man, I'm praying for you. For this reason, the ground at the foot of the cross is level for all. You can enter the presence of God. You don't have to be an outsider. You don't have to be labeled as an uncircumcised heathen anymore. I want you to know your identity in Christ. I want you to know what God has done in you. That's the first three chapters. And Nikki pauses. For this reason, I'm praying for you. For this reason. Benji made the statement last week about for the Jew, even to approach the presence of God. There was all of the ceremonial cleansing and for the women and the Gentiles and others, they, they, they had to stay away. But even under the law for a Jew to approach the presence of God, it required holiness and purity and cleansing. And I can tell you, under grace, it doesn't require it. Grace and the gospel of love and peace and mercy inside of us inspires us. It inspires us to live holy, pure, righteous. We have the Holy Spirit, and that's where Paul is going to drill down here. Man, do you not realize that through the power of the gospel and the power of Christ being inside of you, he inspires you to live holy? And Paul goes, for this reason, I I, I get on my knees. I I get on my knees, and it's a posture of humility, It's a posture of submission. It's a posture of reverence. Paul goes, I get on my knees when I I cry out to God. I humble myself before God. And as I humble myself before God, I'm praying for you. What what are you praying, Paul? He goes, I'm praying that you will be strengthened 
with God's power, strengthened through the Holy Spirit, strengthened in the inner man. And that's my prayer today for you. That's my prayer for my wife. That's my prayer for my kids. That's my prayer for my grandkids. That's my prayer. Lord, please let Jesse and Kelsey and Benji and Grace and Rachel and Hannah and Caleb, Lord, please let them be strengthened deep down inside the core of who they are and the essence of their soul and reasoning. Lord, I want them to be strengthened with the Holy Spirit. Hannah, that's what I pray for you. I want to see you flooded and filled and overwhelmed with the power of the gospel. Why? Why don't you pray that? So that I'm praying this for you so that Christ would dwell deep in your home, deep in your heart. And I'm praying this so that you would live a life for the glory of God. I want to see Christ so active in you, Andrew. I want to see the Holy Spirit so vibrant and free in you so that you can live a life for the glory of God. And that should be the desire, Johnny, for each and every one of us. When Paul prays this, don't miss it. He's praying that our faith would grow. Our faith, Craig, would be strengthened. Our faith in Christ would flourish. And then he's praying that we would be energized by God so that we would actively be involved in service. And I love so much just listening to Rachel give the announcements going, all right, we want to come alongside foster care ministry, and we want to come alongside foster care families and help provide food, and we want to come alongside many things here. We want to help people. We want to be a blessing. We want to serve. We want to be energized to serve God, Steve. Why? Because we realize, and everyone under my voice, you know this, you realize that trusting your own strength is not sufficient. All of us have tried to trust in ourselves. We've tried to trust in our power. We've even tried to manipulate and intimidate and do things, and you're like, stop, stop. The only way it's going to work Nick, the only way we, we flourish, the only way we get out of debt that you saw earlier is through the power of the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit freeing us and leading us. We can't do it on our own. And that's what Paul is praying. That's what he's praying. And here, here's a couple of simple observations again, just to step back. What do you know, Tim? I know that God's grace, mercy, and love inspires radical faith. When I start to get a glimpse or grasp a hold of the incredible grace and mercy and love and redemption and forgiveness that Paul lays out in, in chapter 1, what does it do? It inspires radical faith. I was a dead sinner. I was lost. I was defeated. I was calloused. I was numb. I was alienated. I was a misfit. I didn't belong. I was a dirty dog, damaged dog, damned dog. I was brutal. I was suffering condemnation in my heart. And he says, hey, hey, I've, re I've rescued you. I've freed you. And as a result of that, when we get it, it should create this overwhelming sense inside of our hearts that we desire to grow in such a way that our lives would be marked by glorifying God. That's what we should want. And as you start to get into this, 
as we get into chapters four, five, and six. Spiritual growth leads us to living responsible lives for the glory of God and for the good of our neighbor. And when we get that, we go, what is the gospel doing? Man, I'm able to live a life responsible now before God for his glory and for the good of my neighbor. As we dive into the next three chapters, that's what he's going to be talking about. You're going to read all these challenging commands. Hey, here's how you live. Here's how you talk. Here's how you walk. Here's how marriage is to be. Here's how parenting is to be. Here's how you work with your bosses. This is all in Ephesians. And for this reason... I'm praying for you because I want you to walk it out. I want you to live it out. Now, listen to this. This is awesome. Dave, verse 16. I'm praying that you will be strengthened with power. I want to see you filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to see you so filled with the Holy Spirit that you can overcome any obstacles that you face. I want to see you fill with God's power. The word power there in the Greek is where we get two English words, dynamic and dynamite. I want to see you have the dynamic power of God working inside of you where you don't even want to trust your flesh. You, you don't want to trust you anymore. That you get so overwhelmed with the dunamis of God, the dynamic dynamite power of God, that you really believe that the same power that existed in Jesus now exists in you. So wherever you're at, you're walking with the power of God. And I'm like, man, that's what I want. That's what changed my life. And when we're strong in our inner man, when we're strong and, and, and overwhelmed and just flooded by the Holy Spirit, Here's what I know. We have the power to overcome unbelief. We have the power to overcome fear and failure. We have the power to rise above anger. We have the power to keep going when you want to quit. What keeps you going? What sustains you? What makes you keep showing up? My circumstances do not control me. God's power and presence and perspective trumps anything that I'm going through. And I'm like, man, it's so, so crucial. And, and again, let me say this to you. Let me say this to you. Even as Paul prays for these believers in Ephesus, and when you read the, Paul, uh, the Pauline prayers that he even asked for for himself, for himself here's something you got to understand. Paul never prayed the prayers that we pray. We pray for pain avoidance and a change of circumstances. For so many of us, that, that's kind of how we air it out with God, right? Lord, this pain avoidance, please make this stop. Or Lord, please change where I'm at. I don't like it. Let me get another job. Let me move somewhere else. And Paul never prays that. He was in prison, chained house arrest to these Roman soldiers. And he never, he never even said this. He never said, hey, guys, pray that I can get out of here. No. What did he pray? Hey, guys, pray that I would be bold for Christ even though I'm in chains. That's what we should be praying for. We oftentimes pray that God would eliminate the tension that we're going through. Paul goes, Stop. If we need anything right now, we need men and women filled with the Holy Spirit, strengthened with his power, that are bold witnesses for Christ. 
Whatever you're going through, God may have you there as salt and light, as a witness to reflect his goodness to other people. What are you praying? I'm not praying that it stops. I'm praying that we would grow up in maturation in our faith, that we would become bold proclaimers of the gospel. And so many people are like, oh, it's just been such a hard year. I want everything to get back to normal. The church always grew through persecution and adversity. The church never grew through convenience and comfort. When did the gospel spread? When people got pressed and people got crushed and people were attacked. Is God desiring to bring about a new awakening and a possible revival in our world today? Even here in our nation today? Even here in our church today? And I believe he is. But I believe God's going to allow us to go through crushing and pressing. We need men and women who are strong in the Lord. We need to be bold we need to be spirit-filled. We need to be spirit-led. And I can promise you, I'm in the same boat today that you're in. I need transformation daily. I need a renovation of the heart every day. Why? I'm not as strong as I think I am. I'm not as wise as I think I am. I'm not as resilient as I think I am. I'm not as good as I think I am, and neither are you. None of us are. We're all weak and fragile on our good days. And, and if we drift away from the Lord and, and, and just unplug from the Lord, man, we're all capable of royally jacking it up and shipwrecking our lives. We desperately need his strength and power. I would just encourage you to pray that right now. Just bow and pray that right now. Let's just spend about a minute in prayer. And just tell the Lord, say, I desperately need the Holy Spirit. I've repented. I've asked you to save me, but I need to be strengthened in my inner man. Just tell the Lord right now, Lord, give me your strength to walk in your power. I want to walk in your power. I want to walk in the dunamis of God. The dynamic, dynamite power that only you can give. Just tell him. Just tell him, say, Lord, I, I want your joy to be enough no matter what comes my way. Lord, I pray that you would give me courage to resist and say no to temptation. Just tell him, Lord, I pray that I would have a thankful heart when facing adversity and attacks Lord, I pray over this body right now in Jesus' name. And I do pray for hearts of joy, hearts of courage, and hearts that are thankful in Jesus' name. Pray that over yourself. Pray that over your family. And then he says this, man, as I pray that you would be strengthened and that God, uh, his power would just fill you up. He goes, here's my prayer. My prayer is that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I study this word. It's a different word than tabernacle, very similar but different. And as he prays this, he's going, I'm praying that Christ would dwell in you. What does that mean? I pray that he would be deep down in my home with me. I pray that he would be deep down, that he would not just be 
an occasional guest or a a foreign visitor that just kind of shows up, I'm praying that Christ would dwell and take root, that you would really just allow him to take over your heart. And, and, and just over the last days, some of our friends have been over, and, and, and they're in different places, right? Man, I love being at home. We've lived in this same home since 1998. And, and when I walk into it, I don't have to ask Barb, hey, where's the bathroom? Where's the fridge? Hey, where, where exactly do I sleep here? I'm, I'm at home. But, but Nick and Lisa have been coming over now for about eight years. And Nick don't have to ask, hey, hey, where, where's the bathroom? Where, where, where's the, the fridge? Nick knows where things are. Now he's got freedom inside my home, right? But Steve Riley's been coming over just for a few months. And he had to learn where certain things are. And it's like... I think that's how we are. A lot of people, when it comes to Christ dwelling inside of you, he's like, man, you haven't given me space. You haven't given me permission. You locked me into this one little spot of your heart. You're not letting me roam free. Don't you want Christ to roam free in your heart? Don't you want Christ dwelling, living, abiding, and having full access to go wherever he wants to go? I do. And he's praying, man, I want to see you strengthen with God's power. I want to see the dunamis of God just so at the core of your inner man. And oh, I'm praying that Christ would dwell in you. I'm praying that his perspective and his thoughts and his philosophy and methodology would just dwell inside you. It's a prayer of sanctification. And I challenge you today, listen to me, is Christ at home in your heart? Is he really at home? The 80 minutes on Sunday don't work. I'm talking 24-7, 365. No, he's a stranger or he's a visitor. And I personally believe that our declaration should be, if we're walking with Jesus, it should be, Jesus is with me. Jesus is in me. Jesus is at home in my heart. Jesus is dwelling. Jesus is calling the shots. Man, the Holy Spirit through Christ dwelling is referee in my life 24-7. He keeps us in check, Ian. That's Paul's prayer for these people. Man, y'all were outsiders, Gentiles. Y'all were not included. Y'all were aliens, man. Y'all were foreigners. Look at what God, I'm just praying that you would know that Christ wants to dwell in you. And then he says, I pray that you would be rooted and grounded in love. And I'm praying that you will have the strength to comprehend with all the other saints, breath, length, height, depth. Many believe that that phrase was used as a imagery of the cross, the breadth, the height, the depth, the width, all that. He's like, man, Jesus is satisfied this right here before the Father, man. Look, look at the cross. It extends. It's, it goes to the heavens. It's, it's got to be anchored. And, and that's what he's praying. I pray that the cross would be so centered for you. I pray that the cross would be so centered. And he, he uses this word. I pray that you would be rooted, and I pray that you would be grounded in the love of Jesus rooted. I pray that you would continually grow. I pray that you will continue to develop. 
What's the emphasis for me? Love is the soil that we must be planted in, the love of God, the agape of God. That's where we've got to be rooted and established. I had the opportunity this past week to go out and do some ministry with some friends. And I was out with some pretty cool kind of iconic guys, but here, here, here's the thing. Mac Powell, Stephen Curtis Chapman, Michael W. Smith, hanging three days with those guys. But let me tell you something. We went to the Billy Graham Library the other day. And as we walked through this library, and this one guy was just kind of navigating with us, kind of giving us insight. Billy Graham was a good-looking man. Billy Graham was about 6'3", 200, lean, sharp dude. When he started preaching, I think it was in the 40s, in Los Angeles doing this crusade, six, 7,000 people were coming. And he stayed there. He thought he was going to be there maybe a week, and it ended up going six or eight weeks. And he was preaching the cross and preaching the gospel. They came to Billy Graham. And the people there in L.A. Hollywood said, we want to sign you. We want you to do what we're doing here. We'll pay you a million dollars. This was back in the 40s. That would be equivalent to about $25 million a day. Man, you've got what it takes. You've got the look. You are so articulate. And Billy Gillis can't do it. I'm not interested in the money. God's put a call on my heart to preach the gospel. Billy Graham was rooted and grounded in the love of Christ. But Billy, look at all the money you can make. And look, God has called me to preach the cross of Jesus Christ. And as we walked through these various rooms, I was like, wow. He was with like 13 different presidents over his life. He was called the president's pastor and the favor that God gave him. What, what, what was the key? I really believe the key was he was rooted and grounded in that love. He didn't sell out to Phileo. He didn't sell out to Eros. He didn't sell out to anything else. And I was like, wow. I pray that you would be rooted and grounded. He uses the word here. I pray that you would comprehend. And the word comprehend means to grab tightly and hold on to. I pray that you would comprehend. I pray that you would grab tightly and hold on to this love. I pray that you would keep growing in it every day. I pray you would grab it. I pray you would know it personally. Oida versus gnosko. I pray that you would gnosko this love. I pray that you would comprehend it. You would grab it and hold on to it. And I was like, that's what I want, Nick. For you and I, brother, for me, 30 years ago when I married Barb, I, I grabbed hold to it. She grabbed hold to it. And we're celebrating 30 years of marriage today. And I can promise you, I thought I loved her when we got married but that love continues to increase in the knowledge of love and the appreciation of love and the value of love and the depth of love. And I'm like, oh, this is so good. So much better than it used to be. And what it used to be I thought was good. But the more you walk with Jesus and you grab a hold of him tightly and you don't let go because he's grabbed a hold of you tightly and he's not going to let go. And the more you walk with him, you go, oh. yeah, as I'm starting to comprehend agape, I'm starting to comprehend unconditional love. Man, this is Paul's prayer.
prayer. Oh, God, I pray. I pray that Hannah, again, she's my only child in here right now. But Hannah, I pray that you would comprehend the love of God, that you would grab a hold of it, never let go of it, and that the love of God you would realize has grabbed hold of you. And no less while lovers, nothing else will ever satisfy you that you would comprehend. And that you would comprehend and that you would be rooted and grounded. And then he says this, oh, I pray that you would be filled with the fullness of God. And the word filled there with the fullness of God means to be dominated by that's the word in the Greek. I pray that you would be dominated by the love of God. I pray that you would be dominated with the fullness of God. I was like, ah, oh. dominated. You walk in here today, I mean, it's the fall of the year, right? It's like, what happened yesterday in Athens? Tennessee got dominated. Yeah, they, they, they got dominated. We use that word at times. But the fullness of God, as Paul prays, I'm praying that it would dominate you. If you're filled with anger, then bitterness is going to dominate you. But if you're filled with love, then joy and peace will dominate you. When you're squeezed, what comes out? You've got to ask the question, what dominates your life? What runs your life? What rules your life? What drives your life? We are to be containers that house the presence of the Lord. And when we're squeezed, whatever is inside of us will always come out of us. And we get exposed on what's dominating us, whether anger, whether bitterness, whether unforgiveness, whether hatred, whether anger. But if we're filled, dominated with the fullness of God, when we're pressed, what comes out? Paul goes, this is my prayer for y'all. Man, I want you to get it. I want you to get it. And, and, and here's what I would say to you. Again, this is another prayer space. Just let's bow again. But my prayer is that you would pray, Lord, I need to be dominated and filled with you at the core of who I am in my inner man. Just tell the Lord right now. Your love drives out anger. Your holiness drives out lust. Your purity, Lord, drives out greed. Your peace drives out hatred and animosity. Just, just ask him to fill you, to dominate you. God, we need to be strengthened. We need to be dominated. And, and when the Holy Spirit changes us, the love of Jesus is reflected in us. Just tell him, man, you need God's power. You need God's love. You need God's character developed in you. And so do I. I need it desperately. Lord, I desire to be filled with the fullness and dominated with the presence of Jesus. And my prayer is that your character would be developed and your glory is seen through me.
Here's the wrap. One of my favorites quoted it kind of like a, a segue benediction before he moves into chapter four. And he just pauses and he goes, now, 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 now. I'm praying that you would be dominated by the Holy Spirit. I'm praying that Christ would dwell in you. I'm praying that you would be filled with the fullness of God. Now, 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 now just listen to me. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above anything you can imagine, anything you can ask, anything you can think. Now to him, it's all for his glory. He made you for his glory. He saved you for his glory. Christ's dwelling will be for his glory. The fullness being dominated by the Holy Spirit will be for his glory. Now to him, it's all for him. To him be the glory. And the church, wherever, forever and ever, to him be the glory. And he says, it's according to the power now that's working within you. What's the power? It's the dunamis of God. It's God living inside of you. What a mystery that Gentiles have God's power. What a mystery that Gentiles have access to God. What a mystery that Gentiles can pray this kind of prayer. <sighs> What's the purpose of spiritual growth? For his glory. And you know, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. We can quench and grieve the Holy Spirit. We can stiff arm the Holy Spirit. We can get so caught up into our flesh patterns that we try to do everything on our own. We can grieve the Holy Spirit. We can lock him out. But when you allow the dunamis power of God to dwell, come on, John. Fill me. Man, would you take time this week and pray this over yourself? Would you pray this that you would be filled and flooded and overwhelmed and dominated? This is straight, powerful word truth right here. What do you know? If I start with Craig, Steve, working my way in, Kerrigan, Tammy, Dave, and around the room, and just look at you guys. Here's what I want you to know. God loves you. God cares about you. Merle, God loves you. God is able to help you. God wants to help you. God wants to call the shots. God wants to referee your life every day. You believe that? I, I, I do. What, what do you know, Tim? I know that God is worthy of my worship and surrender to him. Who's worthy he is. And just as a closing prayer, Trevor, Anna Grace, you guys, man, I'm so fired up. Y'all been coming in here with us, Steve, Carol, so good. But my prayer is that we would say, Jesus, please make yourself at home in my heart. Renovate my heart. Anything that creates distraction, I desire elimination. And that you would pray, Lord, give me a growing 
understanding, of comprehending the love of Christ. And then just, Lord, I pray that we would be dominated by you. I'm looking for people that are dominated by the presence of God. Here's what I know. Our collective voice of reasoning, if we all get together, our greatest temptation is to make excuses. You leave humanity to humanity, the greatest temptation is to try and make excuses or to try and control things. And it's really just the absence of trusting God, believing God, knowing God, and seeking God. What do I really believe our greatest need is right now? For the Republicans to stay in office? No. For the Falcons to finally win a game? No. I believe our greatest need is for the body, for the redeemed of the Lord, to really know the power and strength of Christ dwelling in us. If we get to that place where we're walking in the knowledge and we're comprehending, Nick, man, it frees us up. Come to the Father. Hey, thank you so much for watching the message. Uh, we hope that you really pulled some things out of it. And just know that our desire is for every person, whether you ever step in this building or not, to become fully alive in Christ. Yeah, we want to see you committed to Christ. We would love to see you connected to others in a small group. And we believe it's important to uh, become a contributing member to the body of Christ through uh, sharing your faith, uh, as well as financially investing in the work of God. That's right. And so we pray that you're growing, that you're striving forward. There's so many resources on the website. You can watch past messages, your testimonies from people. And we pray that you utilize those. And we hope to see you on a Sunday morning. Hey, make it a great day and enjoy uh, the abundant life in Christ.